And we're live. <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. It is episode 90. We are unmasked and back to normal. Um, <clears throat> so our last episode was April 26th, man. That was six weeks ago. And Hard I've been... Tr- huh? Hard to believe it's been that long. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm trying to remember what all we have done since April 26th. Oh, uh, well, let's see. I'm, I'm looking through my, I've found the easiest way to kind of mark what I've done is to go back through my camera roll, um, on, on my phone. Uh, April 28th is when I went and picked up that axle. So I got to do a, a project with Dr. Bonecutter where we replaced a rear axle on a truck and had what, two or three of the drivers there with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got video. I just haven't put it together yet, but wow, what an incredible experience. Um, trying to think what else did we do in that time? Well, we, uh, let's see, <clears throat> we had a orientation and, um, added new driver, uh, right I before that, that. That was right before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right before that. Um, and, um, Yeah, we uh, <clears throat> well, we just, we've, we've just been busy as hell. That's what it is. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's been crazy. <clears throat> it, it has literally been crazy. Um, uh, you know, it's hard to uh, it's hard to you know, it's hard to not take advantage of this market. You know, yeah, we, we're literally we've got we've got guys now that are doing for the first we've got a couple of people now that have hit twelve thousand in uh in revenue uh gross revenue the past couple of weeks yeah and it's been i don't know if we've ever had maybe you two years ago but yeah uh, we you know 10 is usually kind of our you know we we jump for joy at 10 yeah that's kind of where we say oh wow we might you know it's great great week but now we've got, um, you know, we're, we're surpassing that and, um, and still not driving. I mean, looking, I'm looking at the miles and looking at the, the, I mean, it, we're, we're really not driving any more miles, you know? Um, right. Guys still getting home on the weekend. It's not like we're, you know, <clears throat> well, and it's, you know, and, and, you know, we've had to deal with some adversity. Um, we've had to deal with some truck stuff, you know, uh, I, I've pretty much been down two weeks. Um, we, we got one of the lease trucks that, you know, trucks that we lease, um, the, the Larry's favorite truck, the 2001 classic. Um, <laughs> amazing. Once we got the motor apart, it, it, I'm surprised the thing even ran, you know, it ran great. And the fuel mileage was horrible. And I think now we know why. And, um, so it's probably, I don't know, probably three, three or four weeks ago, I stopped to get fuel and I noticed coolant running down on the ground and uh, I was losing coolant out the head gasket. And I'm like, we're like, okay, well, you know, something's going to have to be done. So we talked to Rocky, the owner and, you know, he doesn't want to give the truck up and he's got a guy down in Florida that can do an in frame. And so I drove the truck down there and 
uh, head gasket was blown in three places, two bad injectors, a broken rocker arm. Um, I don't know how the thing even ran. Now I just drove it yesterday. We got motor book put back in and I drove it back from Jacksonville yesterday and unbelievable, you know, how, how good that truck runs now. Um, you know, so I've just, I've been two weeks, you know, driving back and forth to Florida and it's just really hard uh, with everything we've got going on to sneak in a podcast. You know, we talk about it. Oh man, we need to do a podcast and then trying to, trying to find the time where we're not on the phone constantly, you know, dealing with stupidity like we had to deal with last night with a TA. Um, God, it's, and then trying to get Zeke's truck running, you know, has been, you know, my best friend Zeke that's, that's been on the podcast before bought a truck, got a great deal and still has a good deal. It's just been a lot of work. Um, a lot of work on Carl, a lot of work on us and, you know, and then, and then keeping eight drivers going, it's, it's definitely been busy. We stay busy. <clears throat> we got a new driver starting next week. Yep. Um, looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I would like to address something though. You know, we, we have not been shy uh, on this program about inviting people to go through the application process and we get applications. You go to blueribbonlogistics.com and you can click on a form and you can fill it out. But listen, y'all, gosh, should be awful handy. If after you fill out that form, you would respond to our emails, calls, and texts. I mean, that would be, because it's it's a real challenge to receive an application from someone and then they'll never talk to you. I don't. That <clears throat> just blows my mind. But um, well, we we, have we, a lot we, of that. we thought it might be because I I reply to that application sometimes and it might go to junk. Yeah. But now I've started sending not a reply but just a, a email that I originate, and we've actually. St- Protected some some people and you know yeah um, but we you know um, about that too um, you know we have very limited opportunity uh, right now we we have one seat available um, and we I'm we don't want to discourage you from applying by by any means but understand that. If you've only listened to the latest podcast or, or one or two, when we schedule that Zoom interview, it's going to become very obvious that you're not, you don't understand the lunatic of this program. You know, this is not, you're going from your job where you are to uh, the, a, a job here. And the only difference is the, the, the name on your, on your paycheck. It's drastically different. And it's, um, you know, it, it, I would recommend before you send in that form that you at least go back and do at least the first 10, 49 through what would, what would you say, Chris, 60, um, to get the yeah. basic philosophy of what we do here and how it's so different. Um, 
and because there's just, I mean, we, we, we want to hear, we want for people to be interested, but, and we, and we say this jokingly, we're, we're not really looking to hire a truck driver. You know, the, this program is designed to change your identity from an employee to an employer. And that may sound different, but you're as self-employed person, you're the employer and the employee. And so that's what this opportunity is. It's not a job that you're going to come here and retire from. You know, you're going to come here for a year and a half and, and you're going to learn how to become a business person in the trucking industry. And so it, it does you no good to apply here, first of all, and not respond to our, <laughs> to us. But even more importantly, there's some things in that, in that application that are there for a reason. You know, if you've only been in the industry in the last couple of years, and you've got an automatic restriction on your driver's license, it, it, it's not, you're not going to be considered here um, because we only have a couple of automatic trucks. And it's important that you understand that probably the truck that you're going to buy for the first time is not going to be an automatic. And so you, you have to have that, you have to have that foundation, you know? Um, so, um, I mean, we strongly feel that if you're going to a CDL school and that's all they're going to let you do is have an automatic restriction that I think you're getting ripped off, you know, um, there, there are, there are places you can go and learn how to drive a manual transmission truck. And if you're going to do this, that's what I recommend you do because, um, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's just some of the, um, uh, the, the basic skills that, you know, that you need to have to do this job, you know? So, um, and then the other thing is the experience, you know, um, if you've, <laughs> if you've not got, um, the experience that we asked for, you're, you're not going to qualify because Landstar's restrictions. So, um, you know, that it's, it just observe that those are all there because we, we have to, vet the number of applications that we get. If it doesn't meet those criteria, then you're probably not even going to get a reply. We, we've gotten so busy that we used to reply to everybody and just say, Hey, you're going to have to go get a job somewhere and, and learn how to drive a manual, or you're going to have to get some more OTR experience or whatever. But now we get so many that we just, we just basically just file away the ones that don't qualify. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, and this, listen, this automatic transmission thing, um, <clears throat> we, we, <clears throat> we've got to do a better job as an industry. Um, I think it's immo absolutely immoral. This, this automatic transmission restriction, uh, I would love to dig into <clears throat> what idiot came up with that. Um, cause it, <clears throat> it's creating this, this level of slavery where, you can't drive for somebody unless they've got an automatic. Well, I mean, let's guess who has all the automatics, you know, right. us express and Schneider, and it's great right. for them and it's terrible for drivers. Um, so listen, if you've got friends and family that are thinking about getting this industry, make sure you tell them, God, for whatever, whatever you do, do not let one of these people stick you with an automatic restriction on your license. Um, and, and I used to say, that it didn't matter where you trained, um, you know, because up until the last few years, 
it really didn't. You could go to one of the big companies and you could like, kind of learn what you need, but absolutely don't go to a company that's not going to train you on a manual. Um, if, if they're training on manuals, just go somewhere else, find somebody that's going to train you on a manual, uh, because to move beyond these, giant corporations you've got to be able to be proficient in driving a manual transmission and if you want to come here you've got to be proficient in driving a manual and we just didn't until the last few months we just didn't really think it was that big a deal but it's it's a game changer and it's a deal killer if you can't drive a, a manual transmission you're really going to struggle on a program like this <clears throat> well, and, and two, the, not, just not just the automatic, but, but having experience driving a truck. I mean, you know, we, we don't teach, we don't, this is not a driving school. You know, our, right. our assumption is you come here and you're, you can, you can drive the truck, you can park the truck, you can back it into a dock, you can do whatever you, you're, you're, you're proficient at driving a truck. Our program is to make you proficient at business and the industry and the, and, and how to become an owner operator and successful and stay in business. We, 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 there's no way we can teach truck driving, you know, no. vacuum skills and all that, that you have to have that when you come. So you, you gotta have that, you know, that, that experience has got to be gotten elsewhere. It can't be, we, we, we can't, we don't teach that. So, dude, look at this comment in Europe. They have the auto restriction for personal cars. Well, good. I'm gosh. glad we don't operate in Europe. So, yeah, I'd like to have some of those cab overs though. They got some pretty sharp cab overs over in Europe. Um, you know, I, well, 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 I mean, Let's talk about the reasons why. Okay. Again, our program is all about minimizing risk. Okay. And, you know, and while I'm on this, let me remind everybody, because we get a lot of people who, who criticize this because they think that I'm telling everybody to go buy an old truck. You know, understand that our, our program is directed toward the first time truck buyer, first time owner operator. You've been in business for 10 or 15 years. I, I could care less what you drive as long as you can afford it. Okay. So that's not who we're talking to here. We're talking to people that are interested in becoming an owner operator and not be one of the nine out of 10 that fail. And the reason that most of those people fail is because they assume too much risk. And just like emissions are more risk than we would like you to assume on your first truck. So was the automatic transmission. You know, because yeah. the, you're going to buy an older truck because we want you to pay cash for it. And those older trucks with those older automatic transmissions tend to, you know, w were problematic. You know, let's just face it. The technology yep. wasn't perfected. So that's the reason why, you know, uh, probably the truck that you're going to buy at the end of this program is going to be an 07 or older 10 or 13 speed, you know, um, because you can put. 2 million miles on one of them and never have, never go into it. You know, we've proven that <laughs> over and over again, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and you're, and people are going, well, my, my, I've got an automatic that got that. And that, and that, there are some, there are exceptions obviously to that, but as a general rule, 
those those vehicles are not going to be as dependable and they're and the repair bill i remember back when these first came out there were people that literally got put out of business because those transmissions could not be fixed you know and they spent ten thousand dollars i know of a case where a person spent ten thousand dollars and it still wasn't fixed so that's what we're trying to avoid you know um and again it's Everything we teach is, is, is minimizing the risk so that you can stay in business long enough to save up the money to go buy a newer truck with non-Mac if that's what you want to do. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Yeah. It, it just, it adds an unnecessary layer right. of risk that we shouldn't have to worry about. And I mean, I've driven... I've driven the first gen automatics. They weren't bad as far as drivability. I mean, good grief. You spend most of your time in high gear anyway. And I've driven a couple of the newer ones and they're pretty slick, you know? Um, but I can't personally trust. Uh, I mean, guys getting some of these manuals that have been road hard and put up wet. Well, what have they done maintenance wise to an automatic, you know? It's just unnecessary risk is what we're getting at. And that's, that again, is the thing with the emissions trucks. It's unnecessary risk um, for not much gain. You know, I have gone, I looked at a truck in Florida, pretty solid truck, been sitting for seven years. So going into it, I knew we're going to have to replace every piece of rubber on that truck. I mean, everything, everything was dry rotted. And, but I, you know, we, we made an offer, um, on that truck that, that we knew we could, we could obtain the truck and we could do what we needed to do to get it on the road. And it was an automatic, you know, it was a three pedal automatic. And the reason that we were willing to risk on a three pedal automatic is a three pedal automatic is really easy to convert to a manual. Now, two-pedal automatics, different story. Right. Um, you know, but... Well, was that's ta- another I, thing. We've been trying to buy trucks now since January, you know? Yeah. And um, they're, they're getting harder to find. Part of that's because everybody wants to get in the trucking business right now. You know, you could fall off a log and make a lot of money in the trucking business. So everybody's out, you know... Um, this, this, this will free up just, just hang on for a little while, wait till the worm turns and rates go back down and all those trucks will be on the market again. So, um, but it is getting harder and harder to find. Um, and once we're finding have problems, you know, they'll have, there's a ton of Mercedes motors out there right now because 2007 was the, the, um, let me get this straight. Well, 2004, Mercedes was the last engine to go EGR. So in 2003, you could order uh, Freightliners with Mercedes engines and get them non-EGR, okay? And so there's a bunch of those out there right now. And then there's a bunch of people who, from 2004 to 2007, a lot of the fleets bought them. And uh, because they already had orders in, and then when order got filled, it got filled with an EGR motor on it. And so those are all, you know, they're, they're showing up now, you know, for sale. And we're, we're finding a lot of those, which 
I got the only one that was worth buying. So we don't, we're not looking to buy any more of them. Thank you. And automatics, you know, um, and, and things like that. A lot of, you know, flat tops and just things that we typically aren't interested in. Assert cats. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but, uh, just be patient, you know, be patient. The other thing is, um, and we get this question a lot. What are you going to do when you can't get any more trucks? And, I don't know if we've talked about this. I'm sure we have, but our strategy there is we just wait a little while until the 2016s, you know, and newer uh, are old enough that they fall in the price range that people can afford to go and write a check for one as their first truck. And then we can take that truck up to Pittsburgh power and have the diesel force cleaning done to it, run the catalyst and eliminate all the soot problems and the region and the, and the emissions problems uh, on those trucks. So, that will be our go-to eventually um, yeah. when, when it gets to where we can't get anything like we buy now. Uh, but we're not quite there yet because first-time buyers, typically those trucks are out of the price range. You know? Well, here's a, here's a <clears throat> comment from Mason. I'd like your thoughts about a truck I came across on Truck Papers, a 2014 Pro Star with a Cummins and a 10-speed 336. Comes with a car hauler trailer. Well, again... You know, at 20, somewhere in 2015 is when the OEMs kind of started getting it right. So I would probably pass on this truck being a 2014. If it's a 2015 ISX, I'm probably more likely to look at it, really go through it. But if it's got a DPF and it's burning DEF, um, you've got to just have about $3,000 in your acquisition costs to go have the diesel force cleaning done on it and get it cleaned out and then start running the catalyst so you don't have to worry about soot anymore. But unless a Carl kind of person goes over this 2014 pro star with the Cummins, uh, you know, it's gotta be perfect. I mean, it's, it's gotta it. it the suspension has gotta be right. The, it's it, a 2014 has just gotta be a really, really, really perfect truck and super cheap, super cheap. Um, but if that truck's any more than twenty, twenty-two thousand dollars, I don't want anything to do with it. You know, the the dead spot for us is is '08 through about 2015. You know, there's there's just too much risk in the emissions on those engines. Uh, too much. It, it's it, it's it, again. You're there, there's again. There's just too much risk. Yeah. If that's if that's your first truck, I would say no. You know, um, if that's your first truck, I would go get, I would find that truck with a Detroit, but I would, I would either back down to 07 or I'd, I would go, I'd wait and go up to another year, you know? Um, yeah. And I wouldn't, I am impressed that you had the rear end ratio. Yeah. I, I, there is not any truck I've looked at this year where the, the, the seller knew the rear end ratio zero zero and most of them don't even know how to find it so they bought this truck and they've driven it until the point where they're going to sell it now and they never once knew what the rear end ratio is so here's here's something this is a nice little side sidebar right to repair are you familiar we did an episode on this i think um that's noah right to repair you remember this yeah so Right to repair, it really um, chaps my ass. 
Um, the but the basic premise is everybody's mad at OEMs, and and John Deere is usually the one that takes the most beating on this because people will say, well, John Deere or insert name of OEM here won't give us access to proprietary uh, information and systems so that we can we can repair these these this piece of equipment ourselves. Now, well, Packar is a huge example of that. Yeah. Now, here here's my issue. You're going after the OEM, and and they're 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 guilty, right? They're 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 part of the problem. I I'm not letting them off the hook. Okay. But the people that really deserve the blame for this problem are the psychopaths and mass murderers in Washington that came up with all this horse shit in the first place because they, they wrote laws that they had to put systems, very, very complex emission systems on these vehicles. Um, and the OEMs are in a position... I mean, they don't, they don't have to do nothing. Now I've got a Massey Ferguson tractor sitting up here in the shed, you know, my brother-in-law's tractor. Um, we've had emissions issues with it, you know, and, and, the and the dealer had to come and get it and fix it right where it's set. Um, but we need to, we need to, we need to spread the blame around here a little bit and let, let's make sure we're going after the people that, that, that are really the root cause of this. Now, I have a right to repair. I, I, you know, now I probably also have a right to modify if, if, if I need to, you know, we, we, people delete systems and, and modify systems all the time. We don't do that because it's not worth, again, the risk, the reward is not worth the risk that you take monkeying with an emission system and then getting shut down and having to spend all kinds of money. But, um, this, this right to repair thing, you're, you're going after the wrong enemy here. You, you've got a group of people that created the problem. Now you're going to the people that created the problem, want them to fix the problem. Guess what? They're not going to fix the problem they created. So what do we do? Well, we can buy 1999 to 2007 trucks. We can buy 1950 to 19 whatever tractors. And we can just refuse to operate that equipment. But I'm just, that's just my, my little soapbox. Cause I'm, I'm tired of listening. I'm tired of listening to these people want to go to the state to have the state fix something the state caused in the first damn place. But I know <clears throat> I'm out. Well, did I just noticed today, I think, or yesterday, there I can't I was looking for it while you were talking, I couldn't find it. One of these <clears throat> trucking Facebook pages put an article out about the um the government's gonna put three billion dollars into parking, truck parking. Oh good God. But but that's not that's bad enough. But listen to this. But here are the um here are the conditions. Um, they're going to raise the insurance requirement. Okay. They're going to modify personal conveyance. And there were some, uh, some other things, three or four other things. So what, here's what gets me. Okay. You know, 
we're going to the government for a solution to a problem that we cannot seem to handle on our own. Right. And then we, and then, and then we, <laughs> we get all of these other things as part of the bargaining chip because of, because of the, the this is what happens when we go to the government to solve a problem. They solve it oh, in yeah. their own right way. Oh, in their own yeah. way. But look at now. Look at the price we're going to pay for that if if that happens. You know, the the insurance is going to double. You know, uh, who knows what they're going to do to personal conveyance? You know, but oh god, um, and 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 so again. But but the first thing people want to do in this industry when they can't figure out how to solve it themselves is let's get the government to fix it for us. You know, yeah. you know detention. You know, I. I, the government should should could, should guarantee detention. Well, yeah, they may do that, but this is all the un, unintended consequences are going to come with that. <clears throat> Which, well, I'll, I'll get to that. Well, I, what, I, wanna, I don't I remember who the quote was, but the nine most terrifying words in the English language: "I'm from the government, and I'm here to help." <laughs> I'm here to help. Yeah. yeah. Now, so so Noah. You know, sorry. All right, I chapped your ass. Listen, no, sorry, sorry. You you were this. You know, you were just there, and it just, I just saw it, and it and it set me off. Um, I'll park here. Answer this one. What fuel mileage is that classic getting, Larry? <laughs> it doesn't say Larry anywhere on there. <laughs> it's uh, it luck it get it's it's lucky if it gets six. Okay. Yeah. But that's not why we have it. You know, we, this, this, we, it belongs to Rocky. Rocky's the MD alignment guy down in Jacksonville. He does, um, you know, all, all of our alignments now since Chad has gotten so far away. And, and so, um, <clears throat> you know, he, we're doing it as a favor to him and as a bonus to Chris because Chris loves driving the big stupid son bitch. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it's just sort of, it, it's, um, yeah, we have ulterior motives there is all I can say. So, yeah, well, you know, there ain't enough banks in Florida to hold all the money Rocky's making on those alignments. So he needed somebody to drive this truck and right. Um, but you know, I'm telling you what, going forward in a straight line, there ain't nothing better. Now going backwards, that's a completely different story. Right. Uh, I have finally, after, I don't know how long I've had it, six months, got to where i don't look like a complete idiot when i'm trying to back that thing in somewhere um <laughs> these 67 point um yeah 87 point turns and yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, um so here's a question uh let's see can i pay y'all consultant fee to assist me purchasing a truck um well you can I can pay us give a consultant you, fee anytime you want to. Just mail well, the yeah, check. You, listen, you, you can pay me anything you want to pay me, and I'll cash the check. Um, <clears throat> it, it's hard for us to do that. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because it, you can't accept anything that the seller says, okay? Yeah. Um, and, you, and you have to be able to go verify it, and you have to get it inspected. And there's just things – I mean, we can – we've, we've – publish the specs we it's not a secret what we want you to buy but you're going to go find something that, that you fall in love with and you're going to want us to, to you know to to justify you buying that and 
you're probably not going to like how you spent your money because that's not how we do it. That's why we haven't bought a truck since January is because we don't go following truck. I'm in love with trucks. We go and try to find every reason not to buy it. And usually we're successful. So, yeah. um, you, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, we listen, we spend a lot of money looking at a truck. I mean, we took Carl all the way to Michigan, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we, he, you know, that's not cheap taking him up there. You know, we spent a week with Chris in Florida, you know, uh, looking at a truck. So it, it's, it's not an inexpensive deal, you know, um, but we know what it's, we know what it's like to buy one and not have the homework done because that's also very expensive. I can <laughs> give you an example or two of that. Okay. So, um, all I can say is that do your homework. Don't get in a hurry. Don't fall in love, you know, um, and just, just, you just have to, you've got to get somebody to look at that knows what they're looking at, you know? Right. And, and I, and I'm, and I'm all about staying close to home too, because yeah. I mean, we had a great time, you know, it was, it was a fun 1400 miles in 36 hours or whatever, you know, with Carl, um, but man, like I'm, you know, I think the guy that asked the question, I think he's in Florida, maybe. Um, you need to do some networking and you need to do some relationship building and you need to find somebody that is like a Carl that will go. I mean, when, when we take Carl to look at a truck, it takes a minimum of an hour or longer. I mean, or he longer. is yeah. under it. He's on it. He's in it. He's looking at everything. He's pulling the plugs on the differentials. He's pulling the plugs on the transmission. Um, you know, uh, he takes, he takes his creeper. He takes all of his tools, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, and, and it, we freak out most sellers because oh, yeah. you're not used to that, you know, and, uh, because we listen to him talking, well, give an example of this Florida truck. Okay. The guy's talking, all right? The story was, you know, it had been sitting, it had, had an in-frame, had been done 100,000 miles on the in-frame, and had been sitting for a couple of years, okay? Mm -hmm. Here's how it worked out. Once we got down there and started peeling the onion back, the in-frame was done in February of 2013. No odometer on the invoice. The in um, driver supposedly drove it for 100,000 miles or about a year, and then he bought a California legal truck and started driving to California. And this truck set for a couple of years. The only problem with that scenario is you can put a hundred thousand miles on a truck in a year that puts it at 2014. This is 2021. Now I pointed this out to the guy. He really didn't have a response to that uh, except uh, 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 yeah. because it's seven years. It's set, not a couple of years, you know? So, and again, the guy probably didn't, you know, he wasn't trying to intentionally mislead, but that's just an example. You, you just have to verify everything, you know? Yep. And, 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 and he, there was some question about the end frame because it was done in an independent shop. There was hardly anything itemized on the invoice. He did eventually come up with a freight liner parts purchase invoice, but Looking at it's that, kits. it was cylinder kits. That's nothing it. had been done to the top end, you know, nothing been done to the valve train, you know. So 
now you've got a truck with 1.4 million miles on the valve train and it hasn't been touched, you know? Um, so it, it, you know, you, and this was a documented in frame. Believe me, most in frames are not documented. Un unbelievably. Now, now Rocky just spent what? $15,000, $17,000 on, yeah, on in frame. Right. Okay. Now, he, you know, he's, we've got tickets for everything. All right. Mm-hmm. Because people don't usually spend that kind of money and not get a receipt. But yet you're going to find when you go buy these trucks with these end frames, all these people didn't think it was necessary to get a receipt after spending 15, 16, 18, 20, $25,000, you know, which just, you know, I mean, it's just complete bullshit. And so no ticky, no laundry, you know, has zero value unless they can document that. And even then you've got to look at it and make sure the parts weren't, you know, ordered from eBay, you know? And, um, so you just have to really, really, really do your homework. It, well, it's, and, 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 and you're probably not going to, and you're probably not going to buy it. You know, you're, if you, it's, it, it's, I mean, you might, but yeah. we've looked at a lot of trucks and not bought one. Okay. This is June. We've looked at a lot of trucks and haven't bought one yet, you know? So, um, I, um, um, let's talk about in frames for just a second. Okay. Cause a lot of people use that, that terminology. Um, but what really is an in frame? What I consider an in frame is cylinder kits, you know, new liners, new pistons, new rods, new bearings, a new head, new rocker assemblies, maybe new injectors. And that's it really <clears throat> by what most people consider in frame. Now the red truck just got cylinder kits, a head rocker assembly, injectors, manifold, turbo radiator. I mean, this is a, a it, pretty much everything under the hood, but the block and the crank has been changed. And it was done out of frame 600,000 miles ago. Yeah. So the block was, was trued and the crankshaft was trued because at, at, it, it had an in frame, no, it had an out of frame and now it's had an in frame. Yeah. So, um, and it may have had an in, who knows? It may have had an in frame before, before the out of frame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you've got to think, you know, these, these engines that, you know, the block, when you do an in frame, leaving the truck, the motor in the frame, well, you can't take the the crank out without taking the transmission out, you right. know? So when you do an in-frame, your crankshaft stays in there. So if you do the normal in-frame of, of, you know, 750,000 to a million, you're going to have to do that out of frame next because you've got a lot of machine work that needs to be done because that crank will start getting wonky in there after a million, five, million, six. Mm-hmm. And so you've got line boring to do, you've got counterboard, you've got a lot of stuff that's got to be done. Well, so when somebody says, oh man, it's, it's had an in-frame. Really? Describe what, that. Yeah. You, yeah. What, what, me, what do you mean by that? And show me the parts, the price list. I mean, the parts ticket. Um, because I mean, you know, again, even if you go to a Detroit shop, there's three different levels of in-frame, yeah. you know, three different prices. One of them is the bare minimum. One of them includes all the stuff Chris just said. And some of them even include a turbo and all the other hang on accessories, you know? So it, it just depends on what you're, I mean, I've paid $25,000 for an in-frame before. Okay. 
So, um, and you can go do an in-frame for $10,000. So they're not all created equal, you know. Yeah. You have to define that. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so Noah's got another comment here. The shop industry is broken. Now there's oh, a Oh, man. Let us tell you about, let, let, let us chap your ass a little bit here, okay? I'm going to give you our most recent, <laughs> in the last 24 hours, let me tell you what's happened, okay? In the last 24 <laughs> hours, all right? We got a driver in, and I'm just going to say it, it's in Whitsitt, North Carolina at the TA. Because I'm so pissed at that. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to save him at the end here. Yeah. But last night, okay, um, we, we had... 30. 630. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, yeah. Like yeah. It, so we had a driver that went in there to fuel, turned the motor off, um, fueled, started up, pulled up to go in and get his, his ticket and whatnot. And we came back out and it wouldn't start. <clears throat> so he goes to the shop and they're like, we won't get to you till 11 o'clock in the morning, which is wouldn't today. even walk out there. Wouldn't look at it. Wouldn't talk to him. Just rude, you know. Um, and oh, by the way, the phone number for that shop on the that internet worked. at the TA freaking website, that phone number does not work. You can't call there and talk to anybody. We had to call our driver and have him hand his cell phone to these people to talk to. Him. Well, that was today. Last night, right. I called the TA here in West Virginia so I could hit the button to have the option to go to Road Squad. So we get road, we, we get road squad. So they say we can't, we can't touch until 11 o'clock today. That's what they said. And so we're blocking their fuel hour. Okay. Yeah, we're literally sitting. We're literally fuel. blocking fuel. So, <laughs> um, we, Chris and I, as we normally do, we get our back to back to back in a foxhole and we start fixing these problems. Okay. So, um, I called, um, road squad, uh, and, and I got a hold of some, a, a pretty decent guy and I said, let me tell you what's going on here before you ask me all these crazy questions, okay? We're blocking your fuel island in Whitsitt, North Carolina, okay? And your shop there, who, which we can't call, says they won't look at it till 11 o'clock in the morning. Remember, we're blocking your fuel island right there, okay? <laughs> yeah. So he so laughed good. and he said, well, we've got another location 20 miles away. I said, yeah, it's a Petro in Mevin. He goes, let me call them and see what they can do. So he calls them, calls me back and says, they're going to be there in an hour, you know, and they'll fix it right there on the spot. I said, perfect, beautiful. So this guy gets there. It wasn't quite an hour, more like two hours, but anyway, it was 20 miles away. And so he gets there and they somehow or another, they came up with the um, diagnosis that it, uh, the starter had, yeah. had just gone tits up. Okay. Bad starter. Bad starter. So they, they check the TA where the truck is broken down and they claim they don't have the starter. Okay. So they check the Petro where the guy came from. They don't have the starter. So, okay. So he's going to have to sit there all night. At least he's got a good parking spot for free. Okay. And so he's going to sit there all night and we're going to, Chris and I are going to go to work on finding the starter this morning as soon as everything opens. Okay. Well, Chris happens to be at the Hurricane TA dropping off another truck today. And he just says, hey, look up a starter for this VIN number and tell me what it is. She looked it up and there was, a, there was two or three different starters that would work. One had been superseded by another and then there was an optional upgrade. But any of those three would have worked. Okay. Yep. 
Well, guess what? We call the we we get a hold we get a hold of Witsit by having our guy go in there with the phone. Guess what they got in stock down there? The, the starter that they said they didn't have last night. Okay, yeah. because they didn't bother to follow the supersession that the one they had is the one that's actually for the truck. And the Petro and Mebin, where the guy came from, also had that starter. So they both could have had the starter last night. They could have put the starter on. Problem solved, we'd have been gone. So we're now, it's now about three o'clock or four o'clock. Okay. Um, the, the, the starter has been put on, but the new starter is not cranking over the truck either. Matter of fact, it's even worse. It's dead in a hammer. Won't do nothing. So, so won't do nothing. Okay. So, uh, these, uh, this, uh, this, I don't even know what name to use this person, Amoeba that has wrenches and <laughs> boldly stated it must be a locked up motor. So we go from being the starter now to, well, it must be a locked up motor. Motor locked up. Motor locked up. Yeah. So it's in the shift. So he packs up and leaves. He's now, gone. It, he, he just leaves. Okay. Gone. Just leaves. So to the house. Now here, here's where it gets a little bit better. Now it started off a little rocky because he, this, this guy who just came on inherited this nightmare. Okay. Yep. And, and I'm about to the point now where I'm giving that, I was getting ready to give one of those later long specials that Chris talks about. Okay. Yep. But this guy, he saves his ass at the last minute. Um, cause he starts, he, I, 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 I said, now look, if, if, we find out because now they're saying that, well, maybe it, the batteries are dead, you know? So, all right, well, let's check that out. So you're telling me that the guy didn't check the batteries last night before he put a $400 starter on the truck. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. You know how it is. It's no, they man. don't, they, they can't agree with your logic, but they just go, well, I, I wasn't there. I don't know, but they put a starter on and they didn't check the batteries. Right. So, uh, I said, well, what happens if you check the batteries and that's what's wrong? And this starter wasn't the problem. What are you going to do? He said, well, I don't know. I said, well, what would, what do you say, Chris, about working on his own car? And I, I finally said, well, what would you do if it was your car? Well, I guess I'd take it off. I'm like, there we go. Thank you very much. Cause you can see where I'm going with this. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so we get a phone call a few minutes later where well, your truck's running. Everything's fine. Really? Yeah, the guy who put, the guy who is such such a big freaking hurry to to leave because it was his time to leave, left a cable off the starter. Okay, so off it didn't have any power. Yeah. Okay, the starter that he put on had no power. That's why it wouldn't turn over. Okay, so they they hooked the cable up to it. Truck starts up. He leaves. I said, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, whoa. What about the starter that you put on there last night? Is it actually bad? So he said, that, I'll tell you what, I'll go get it tested and I'll call you back. So he, he tested the starter, the starter was bad. And so um, it all, it all worried. had the guy put the cables on, it wouldn't have been a problem. Had they found the right part number last night in their own inventory, which again, we're so spoiled by the TA and Hurricane because they, they you know, now look, they're not perfect, but they're a hell of a sight better than the ones we get outside of Hurricane. Okay. Yeah. And I hate to admit that because, you know, West Virginia, you know, they're, they're bigger rednecks and hillbillies and Kentucky people. So I the only state I can make fun of, all right, is West Virginia. So, but, but to their credit, you know, they typically, 
um, help us fix all these problems we encounter at other TAs and Petros around the country. And we're really spoiled by the fact that had Carl been working on that and the shift changed, he'd still be there today working on it if it wasn't oh, fixed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't leave till it's fixed. But that's why we love Carl. That's why and Carl, we're going to make Carl a millionaire. Okay. And Carl so, is on a very well-deserved vacation right now. Right. And I almost texted him. I'm like, I was so close to being like, Hey buddy, are you able to talk right now? Cause I'm about to, I am, I'm fixing to drive to wits it and whip some ass, you know, <laughs> cause I was so fed up. Cause I mean, let's and let's think about this. Okay. Here's this driver just got loaded. He's headed home. He's headed home to see his wife and his baby. Yeah. And instead he's sleeping on the damn fuel island. Cause these jack wagons can't, type on the computer like i watched Kristen do at the ta and hurricane this morning yeah. where she well here you know, she went to freightliner and she got the part number she went to delco remy website she put that in boom there it pops up you can have this one you can have that one took it literally took her three minutes in while she's taking phone calls to look this part number up and these jackasses have left this guy have robbed him of his home time doing a damn restart on the few island at ta because these jackasses are too stupid or lazy or both to fix the damn truck he should have been home last night by i don't know one o'clock in the morning but no can't have that so noah see what you started here <laughs> this ass chapping okay this is just the most recent one, okay? We could go into oh. many, many others, but... I'm, well, you know what? Let's go... The Larry Long special did get handed out this week. <laughs> so let's go ahead and go that one. Now, we're not, I'm not going to pull anybody's pants down because we're, we're kind of building a relationship here. But we tried a new shop. We needed a clutch. All right? Now, look. We've done enough clutches that we know... We're going to be, depending on who does it, we're going to be in that eighteen dollars to $2,500 range, you know, for your basic clutch job. You know, pull the clutch, pull the transmission, change the clutch, put, the, you know, back in. Now, we know you've got input shafts that are a possibility. We know we got other stuff that's a possibility, and it can make that price go up. Especially so, on a million-mile truck. Yeah, million-mile truck. You You have potential for other stuff to be bad. And we just know that that price could go up 3000 you know, depending on if you got to do a lot of stuff. So I call this shop and I'm like, hey, we need a clutch. And he says, we're 88 an hour and it's around 14 hours. I'm like, okay, standard job. That puts us right at two grand labor and parts for a clutch about two grand. So they call me on like day four. And I get a voicemail. Uh, hey, the bell housing is busted, which we've been down that road before. Cracked. Bell housing cracked. Yeah. Well, I think busted was the word he used, right? Okay. All right. He said, but bell housing busted, cracked, whatever. Bell housing busted, going to be 400 bucks. We'll have one tomorrow. I'm like, okay. I called him back and, hey, got your message. Put a bell housing on it. All right. So now in my mind, I'm 2,600, 2,700 because I got my standard clutch job plus a bell housing. So yesterday I call and Hey, what, where are we at on this Volvo? Oh, we got, uh, we got you done. 
Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, well, y'all, I got to have that truck for a driver tomorrow. So why don't y'all go ahead and send me the bill and we'll get you paid. And the bill came and it was $4,200. So we start digging in line by line to this bill. Well, when we find out, well, We've put motor mounts on it. We've put a U joints in it. We've rebuilt the shift tower. We've had to put new cross shaft and lever and all this stuff that million and a half mile truck. I'm not surprised by at all. What I'm surprised by is I never got a damn phone call input shaft, clutch lever, fork, lever, bushing. Nobody ever said a peep. They said bell housing. Oh, okay. Well, hey, you know, great. So this bill goes from what should have been about 2600 to 4200 right? So we get... And it's like 4.45 on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. You yeah. Some We're real close to closing. Okay. Yeah. So, you, know, you know how quickly they, those guys want to get out of there, mm-hmm. as in the previous story where the guy just dropped his tools and walked off the shift at the, when shift was over with our truck out on his fuel island. So, so we get this guy on the phone who is the, he's kind of the, the contact guy, right? He, as we find out, he ain't got authority to do jack shit, but he is the guy that answers the phone. And we start asking some questions and all, he just all standard, standard this and standard that. And well, it's a 14 hour minimum. Okay. 14 hour minimum is 1800 bucks. No, 1200 bucks. 14 yeah. hour minimums, 1200 bucks, $850 clutch. We're at two grand, 2100. Then you tell me a $400 bail house. And so he gets the Larry Long special, you know, and I, I had to mute my phone because I was laughing so hard because when the Larry Long special comes around, Larry gets real sarcastic real quick <laughs> <clears throat> to the point of saying basically, so what, so basically what you're saying is you don't give a shit if we ever come back. You couldn't care less. He made the mistake of telling me that they had trucks backed around the block. They were so busy that they really didn't have time to give a rat's ass about us. Right. That was where he went. That's where it went wrong for him. Okay. <laughs> so. So we end up getting the service manager on the for, phone. Well, well, wait a minute. There, oh. there, there was three people, but well, we got him. Then we got somebody yeah, else. Yeah. Then we got the shop form and then we got the service manager by the way who had us on speakerphone with the two owners of the of the company right and i and i and i said look i'm going i'm going to credit you to an extent here because our experience has been that we'll say to hey shop put a clutch in it and then we get it back and they say boy motor mounts are junk well, that'd have been a handy damn piece of information to have when the transmission was laying on the ground, uh, or or well, your real your real main seals your rear main seals leaking awful bad. You didn't fix it. Well, no, you didn't tell us to. Okay, so, and I drove the truck today. These guys did an incredibly thorough clutch job, right? It's probably as good as everything involved is as probably as good as it has been since 2000 when the truck was built. They did a super quality job. The problem is they didn't bring us into the loop. And this guy says, 
with with no irony whatsoever. Well, just most everybody just tells us to fix it, and and so I think part of what is going on here is that here around the valley of West Virginia, all the other shops have spit uh, chewed everybody up and spit them out so many times, and these guys do quality work, and people are just fix it, whatever it takes. Don't ask, don't bother me, don't call me, just fix it because they least know. They'll do a quality job. We've done a lot of piece work with them. They've done drive lines and stuff for us. Everything they've always done has been quality. But this issue of communication, where even the service managers are like, well, man, I'm, I'm busy working on trucks. I ain't got time to sit in the office all damn day. And I'm like, okay, so a 10-minute phone call is not worth losing a customer? Because you didn't want to be bothered, you're too busy, you couldn't go in the office, you couldn't make a phone call, you couldn't point at somebody and say, hey, you go make the phone. You know, so we're not completely done with them. Uh, and we, we, got a, we got a little discount, you know, they, they came off the price a little bit. And, you know. Here, here was another common thing that we encountered. <clears throat> this materials and environmental oh, yeah. bullshit, okay? So there was $110 on there for that category, shop supplies or whatever. Yeah. But when you look at the ticket, every freaking screw and wire tie and, and uh, brake cleaner was itemized on the bill. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, let me ask you a question. What's, what, what's the shop supply charge for that, this, that all this stuff here doesn't fall under? Crickets. Well, it's just a, I'm like, well, wait a minute. It's got to be one or the other. If you're going to itemize it and I'm going to pay for all of it, why do I have to pay a shop supply fee on top of that? Well, anyway, that was the first thing they took off. So I, yeah. That was an easy 110 bucks right there. The other thing we got, we, we, the, here's the problem that we ran into. The, the bill was almost double, okay? And yeah. nobody called us and told us anything about it, all right? So that's what caught our attention. All right. And then as we dug into this, it just got more and more fun to hear these guys squirm because they, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. Mm-hmm. A standard clutch is 14 hours. OK, now the description it's just like in frame. The description of standard varied greatly depending on, you know, which side of the fence you were on. All right. So now we find out that, well, uh, turning the flywheel, that's standard. OK. And, and, and when, they're, when they were defending themselves, putting all these parts on, their defense was, well, most tr- trucks have to have that. We don't call you because that, that's usually in. And then so when you start questioning that 14-hour standard charge, but that's, that, doesn't, that, that standard thing didn't include all this stuff. But you just said that most trucks have to have that. It's standard procedure to have to do this input, yeah, but yet the price you gave us didn't include that. So that's yeah. where it kind of broke down is that it was a little we bit went from 14 hours to 21 hours. Yeah. You know. And he wanted to tell me how the mechanic clocked in on that. I'm going, I'm going, let me tell you about my experience with watching mechanics being clocked in on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have been there. I have been there watching the mechanic clocked in on my truck, go scratch his ass, go to the bathroom, go eat lunch, go outside and smoke, jump in a pickup truck and run down to get the parts to fix my truck. And I'm like, wait a minute, I could have gone and gotten that part, okay? You just keep working on the truck. So I know how that clock shit works, okay? Yeah, that's why um, we have a thing called flat rate. Right, that's right, and right, it's exactly right. 
So uh, anyway, it, 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 they eventually came around and figured out that, <clears throat> you know, and, and here's the problem is that most people don't call them out. Okay. First of yeah. all, Schneider and U.S. Express and, and Swift, they just write the check. They, could, they never question anything. All right. We don't pay any bill without looking at it because how many percentage of the time do we not, do we find a bill that doesn't need to be adjusted, Chris? Almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I when I first started doing this, it, I, I went in to pay a bill and I, and I just happened, I said, let me see the bill. And I was charged like $130 for wire. I'm like, what kind of wire did we use for 130 bucks? And so they said, well, we had to have, we had to have about a piece of this wire. And I go to the parts guy. What they done is the parts guys had charged the roll of wire to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I need the rest of my wire that I'm paying for. And they just looked at it. Cause I just get sarcastic when I get pissed. Okay. <laughs> and they go, what do you mean? I go, well, you charged me for this roll of wire. I only use six inches. Oh, where the hell's the rest of it? Yeah. You know, so, and, and they don't, you know, it, they just look at you like, what the hell are you talking about? So I, we don't pay any bills now. We don't allow our drivers to assign a bill until we look at it because most of the time there's an error on it. Okay. Get charged twice for the same oil filter, even on a simple thing. as just a PM, you know, yeah. uh, a, a PM, a, a, a lube job includes checking the gearboxes yet half the time. They charge us for checking the gearboxes when it's included in a loop, you know. Now, that that probably sounds trivial, but when you've got 10 trucks, you know, it adds up, you know. It's just like everything else we preach about, you know, buying fuel cheap because a pennies, this is a business of pennies, all right? Yep. And if you don't watch them, you know, your costs get out of line, you know. And I just don't like getting screwed, so. No. It's. It, and I love screwing with people too. So I get a little bit of entertainment value out of this. I get a lot of entertainment value out of it. <laughs> um, but what what amazes me is is occasionally you get one of the what like a TA they call them the TSA. I don't know what that means, but the person at the counter. And my favorite ones are the ones that act like I'm taking the money out of their pocket. You know, which I think to an extent you probably are because a lot of them get paid on commission. Yeah. Um, if you don't believe it, get your Lancer inspection down there and find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, and I've, it amazes me even here at Hurricane. I have, I've had literally conversations with the shop manager where I will say to him, dude, I don't, I don't care to pay for what actually happened. Right. If it took eight hours, Charge me eight hours, but if it took five hours and Carl was clocked in for eight hours because he's been drugging every direction to help these other guys work on somebody else's truck. Well, no, I'm not going to pay Carl to work on somebody else's truck. I'm not doing that, you know, but if it literally took him eight hours, charge me eight hours. I'm happy to pay it because I know. It actually got fixed. Right. That's that's the game changer. Um, and it again, it all goes back to relationship. I know that I can call Carl or 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 Q down here 
Q's work, you know, Carl's on vacation. So Q's working on one of our trucks and I know Q is going to do a good job. Now there's some of these other boys in here, very inexperienced. And I'm, I know I'll let them do a supervised PM as long as somebody's watching them, but there's no way I'm going to let them anywhere near something that's important, you know, unless Carl standing over top of them or, or whatever. Uh, there was a comment in here somewhere about, uh, wouldn't be surprised that, you know, if no one's working in any shops, everyone's sitting on home on their ass. Look, we got a, we're at a crossroads right now as a society. Um, and I see it here in the homeschool community where people are just now kind of figuring out that we have got to flip the switch on this programming that we've had over the last, I don't know, 30 years of, or just go to college, just go to college and get a degree and everything be fine. And it's not fine. You know, you come out with more degrees in a thermometer and don't have sense coming in and out of the rain and you're absolutely worthless in the marketplace. You have no skill. You don't know how to do anything, but boy, you got a bunch of pieces of paper that, you know, you can hang on the wall that aren't worth the paper they wrote on. We've got to get people work ethic and we've got to get people in the trade. Mike Rowe is the, the master. He's the king right now of of getting the trades back up to making them respectable professions again uh because we are running out of i talked to a guy that does a auto shop the one of the best around here and you know he's like i when he he's like when i retire i don't know what's gonna happen because who is who's there waiting to replace these guys as they go out like this old boy that rebuilt the motor on the red truck i mean i saw him good god he he looks 97 years old <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen when this guy goes away is, is I sure as hell hope he's training somebody. I mean, dude rebuilt an engine in a day and a half. I was going to say literally rebuilt that motor in, in a, in a day and a half. He broke it down on Friday and on Saturday it was running. I've had in yeah. frames take three or four weeks, you know? Yeah. This guy does it in a day and a half, you know, crazy. And I bet there's not an in frame that's done better. Cause I mean, that thing runs like it's called a dog. Uh, Oh, Rocky says he's only in his seventies. Well, he looks ninety-two. <laughs> well, um, I mean, hell, he's seventy years old. I I look pretty old for forty-two, don't right? I yeah, I'm a seventy-six model with high mileage. Um, <laughs> but what? what who's going to replace? Who, what's that old? Uh, oh gosh, old George Jones tune. Who's going to fill their shoes? Um, who is, who is going to do it? You know, that must be some Western Virginia, West Virginia That's kind of music. George freaking Jones. What was wrong with you? Uh, um, not sure. Yeah. Uh, Rocky says, does it all by himself? So, so here's a guy in his seventies rebuilds a Detroit engine in a day and a half. And, you know, but, uh, Super meticulous attention to detail. I mean, he painted it. He painted the damn block, hmm. you know? Um, I mean, that thing looks like a million bucks and it drives like it too. Um, you know, but like what, even watching Rocky do watched it. I watched got to watch an alignment or an inspection and a dude comes in rolls it in and Rocky does his thing backwards and forwards and all that stuff. And we're taking measurements and he's got the lasers out and we look back down the driver's side and the 
one of the drive wheels is like pointed the wrong direction. And we start looking and it's like, well, there's a new spring and a brand new wheel, two brand new wheels. And we got to look and we're like, he asked the guy, he's like, has this truck been hit? And you guys are, oh yeah, lady in the car, she hits the fuel tank and well, the damn axle was bent. Rocky's like, I can't, I can't line this truck. The, the, the axles, the whole case or, uh, not casing. What am I trying to say? Housing. Housing. The whole housing is bent. You know, they, the, he puts the laser on, you know, to try to hit the target. And it's like over on the other wall, you know, <laughs> and, but here, I mean, I've got to assume this was an insurance job, new axle, new bushing, you know, probably new shock, new tires, new wheels. And the damn axle's bent. And they just say, here you go. And he rolls off with it. And I can't imagine what that thing drives like, you know, but they just shipped him on his way. And I guarantee you, he could have went to a TA and they'd said, oh, it's in the green, you know. Um, we've been going a long time. Let's, um, Got let's hit on a couple of things. All um, right, go ahead. We, uh, we do have one seat open. Um, if you're interested in our program, um, learning how to become successful owner operator, understanding how business affects this and, and, and how to learn how to navigate the Landstar system. Uh, we'd like to talk to you. Um, we've got, uh, we've, we've done a couple of these, what we call live events. Um, yeah, we, in the past, we've done them in conjunction with one of our orientations for our new hires. And we've decided not to do that anymore because it is just too much information to try to do in one weekend. And, and, and so we're, we're going to separate them. So we're going to put on our third live event, probably in late July. We're trying to nail down some things right now, some details. But uh, since it's not going to be in conjunction with one of our orientations, we don't have to have it in West Virginia. So we're going to try to find some place that's easier for you guys to get to. Obviously, we'll have truck parking. Um, so we're looking at, you know, Columbus, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Louisville, Nashville, you know, something like that that might be more. And also, instead of it being Friday, Saturday, it'll now be Saturday, Sunday. So you don't have to lose a day of work to come to it. We've got about 20 people who have already said that they want to be there. Um, so if you're interested, um, let, let me know, get a hold of me and let me know. Um, it's 250 bucks. If you end up using any of our services, that 250 bucks applies to that service. So it really wouldn't, doesn't cost you anything. If you, if you end up just coming to the thing, I guarantee you we'll save you. I think the last one we did, we figured out how much did we did everything we taught. What did it, what would it have saved us? It was over a hundred thousand dollars. Wasn't it Chris? Oh yeah. The yeah, savings easy. that we, that we teach. So certainly be worth your while. Uh, we'll put the dates out very, very soon and the location. Um, you can go to blue ribbon logistics.com slash opportunity and fill out this form. Um, you know, put what you can in there. You know, if, if you obviously, if you don't have a truck or if you're not at lane star, um, but you can fill out this form and then we'll get in touch with you. If you want to come to the next event, we, what are we thinking? Late July, late July, late July probably yeah. the third or fourth week in July. Uh, we've just got to, 
since we're not having in West Virginia, we've got to nail down the, the facility and a lot of it will depend on how many people end up, you know, wanting to come. So, um, now the live event is for anybody, you know, you, you, it's, there is a lot of Landstar stuff in it. Um, so if you're new with Landstar or you've been at Landstar a short time and you're struggling, this would be really good for you. If you're thinking about coming to Landstar, it'd be super thing for it. If you're just thinking about buying a truck and being an owner operator, I very much come here and probably don't buy a truck till after you come here. Okay. Um, and we're, again, we're not going to beat you up. And if you, if you got to, if you got, if you have a truck that we wouldn't buy that we'll, we'll just make the best of it. Okay. We'll teach the last one we had, we had people there that, you know, they, there's not trucks that we would buy, but I mean, I'm working with one of them now and, and, you know, we, we just will make the best of the situation uh, as, as best we can, you know, and um, at least show you some things that you maybe didn't know before and, and prepare you for it a little bit better. So, um, and uh, it's, uh, it's two pretty, pretty uh, information packed days. Uh, and uh, we, we, we do a lot, you know, I got all of my uh, trucking knowledge from being part of Kevin Rutherford's cmc over the years i think i did nine of them and um you know we basically teach a lot of that in two days you know plus the landstar part of it so um anyway if you're interested uh, let us know um larry at blue blue ribbon logistics.com chris at blue ribbon logistics.com um and we're going to be in orientation next weekend uh with one of our new hires so we won't definitely be doing a podcast but we'll try to get back and be a little more regular uh, if, as, as, we, as we have time to do. Um, we do have mentoring um, for, especially for, for Landstar people that uh, need help. We can, we can dispatch, we can coach, we can help you with your accounting. Uh, all that is uh, in our mentoring program that's on our website you can look at. Um, very reasonably priced. And um, it'll stay that way until we can't handle it anymore. So um, if you're at Landstar and you need uh, some help with load selection or how to navigate the system, or if you just uh, don't understand, you know, all the business aspects of owning a truck, uh, we can coach you one-on-one. -on -one. So, so that's our, uh, that's our plug. Um, so what, what, what do you think, Chris? We done? Well, uh, you know, we've got this title unmasked and back to normal. I guess we should just kind of touch on how, you know, the things are returning to, to normal, um, in, in the world. Um, you know, I, I never wore masks and all that crap anyway. Um, but I'm, I'm seeing, you know, especially over the last two weeks, you know, you just don't see the stuff anymore. So pretty much what that means is we're coming to a point at some time in the next six to 12 months, this, this gravy train that we're in is going to come to an end and you better be ready. Uh, you know, it, this is not going to last forever. You're not getting what you're worth right now. You're getting a whole lot more than what you're worth. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, like they were in 2018. <gasps> Finally, I'm getting what I deserve. No, you're not. Um, you're, you're getting the, the, the benefits of a lot of manipulation, 
um, a lot of stupidity. Um, you know, there's just a lot of really dumb stuff that's happening right now. And well, I mean, it, it's everywhere. Everybody wants to get in. The, the, you can go on Facebook now. You can you can build a trucking business without owning a truck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> everybody wants to jump on this bandwagon, you know. And and here here's the problem. If you think that this is normal, <laughs> it's not. Okay, mm. it, it, this is nowhere close to normal. And and you know the pendulum swings, and when it swings as far as it did this way, that swing the other way, equal and opposite reaction. All this will go away. 25, 30, 40 percent of owner operators will go out of business. All those trucks will be on the market cheap. Yep. You know, um, it, it just has it, it has to correct, has to auto correct. We're in an extended bubble. You know, normally, historically, these bubbles go about 18 months and then the other cycle is, is two or three years. We've been in two or three years on this bubble. So, um, this is why you can't assume that doing business without minimizing risk and controlling costs, you, you might get away with it now, but if you don't know how to do it when it's time to tighten the belt, you're going to be in trouble, you know? And on top of that, you shouldn't be breaking even right now. You shouldn't be making just a little bit of money right now. You should be banking a ton of money right now because it doesn't get better than this. And you gotta make hay when the sun shines, and put it away because you're gonna need it. Yeah, when this thing turns, you know. Well, and that's that's one of that blessing and curse thing we've talked about with Landstar. Nobody's there's nobody cracking the whip. There's nobody going to tell you when to get off your ass and go run. And so now is the time to be going out and doing 11, 12, $13,000 a week. Now's the time to be running 3000 miles a week and doing five loads a week. And, uh, you know, there's never been a better time. Wait until the pandemic hits, you know, wait until the, the rates crash to go on vacation. Good God. You ought to be out here taking wheelbarrow fulls of cash to the bank, you know, but people get complacent and, Oh man, the rates are well, so they, good. I only got to work one day this week, and they think this is normal. And it, it, trust me when I tell you this, it's not. You know, I've been through two of these cycles now, in 09 and fourteen. I know what it's like, and um, a lot of guys have to park their trucks or lose their trucks. Um, I'm gonna give you one little sob story before we go here because I had a phone call this week that broke my heart. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> this lady <clears throat> saw us on. Um, I guess it was Facebook or something. We were having a discussion. Anyway, she, she calls me. <clears throat> Her husband lost his job, tr- truck driver, okay? Mm. His company went out of business in May last year uh, because of the pandemic. He lost his job. So he was unemployed and decided in September, because he couldn't find a job, which, I'm, well, that's a different story. So he signed a lease purchase in September to buy a truck and go to work for Landstar. Okay. So he leases his truck. He comes to Landstar. His truck payment was over $800 a week. Mm, mm, mm. 2016 Kenworth T680. All right. So to make that truck payment, then this is his wife calling me. Okay. Not the driver. 
All right. Um, to make that truck payment, he was home two times between September when he signed the lease purchase and April 27th when he had a stroke and had to go to the emergency room and couldn't drive anymore. So September through April, almost May, he was home twice. No wonder he had a stroke. Yeah. But now he's been off for a month or so, and he wants to come back to work. But because he had a stroke, his he DOT won't allow him to get his medical card back for one year. <clears throat> so now he's got a truck payment and, of course, all of his household bills that he, he can't make. So they're calling me, asking me, what can I do to help with this truck, you know? And I'm like, you know, here's the problem. I said, we could put a driver in your truck. You know, you could put a driver in your truck, but you're going to have to pay the driver about $2,000 a week to have, to get one that's worth having and to keep them. Yep. And you're going to end up making about $1,000 a week by doing that. Okay. And you're going to make your truck payment and a couple hundred bucks and that's it. Yep. You know, and let's back up a little bit and, and talk about this truck. We, we are running exactly that truck for another BCO. And he literally wrote a check and bought that truck for $20,000. Now, 40, I mean, 800 bucks a week time in a year is $40,000 and it's a three-year lease. That's $120,000 that that family is going to pay for that truck if they can afford to keep it for a truck that I know you can go pay twenty or $30,000 for cash. This is what we talk about. That's how people get in the owner-operator business. Lease a truck, bring it to Landstar. I've heard Dave Ramsey say over and over again, just because you can make the payment doesn't mean you can afford it. Yep. And when he bought the truck, I'm sure he thought he could make the payment. But shit happens. Yep. Now where is he? Now, he'd paid cash for a truck, number one. He probably wouldn't have had a stroke because he wouldn't have been on the road without going home for six months. And number two, even if that happened, he would have had no truck payment. And with no truck payment, I could easily have put a driver in that truck and given him 1000 bucks a week to pay their house payments with. I mean, their, uh, yeah, their house bills with. Yeah. So you see, we're not the lunatics. People that do business like that are lunatics and they come to us to help them when they step in it. And there's just, there's just no, there's no solution. It's why we get so, you know, passionate about this, you know, and then on top of that, they have nothing reserved to fix that truck. 2016 we just spent a thousand dollars doing oil change on one of them yeah okay so you know we know we're not just do make this stuff up and do it just because we you know we hate people it's, it's just the opposite we just want you to if you're going to do this do it in a way that you can survive it people ask well what's the biggest reason how people all these people fail why there's the reason why there's yep. the reason why Assume too much risk and don't have the knowledge and experience to know that. Anyway, um, 
hate to leave, hate to hate to leave on a downer, but that just happened. I mean, that was this week. Yeah, you know. And I, I said, look, there's there's nothing I can do. I mean, I can make that truck payment for you, and I can keep it running, but you can't afford the maintenance. Yeah. You know, you don't you have the reason. exactly. What are you going to do when that seven hundred dollar bellows goes out? That goes down every one of them. You know. Yep. So it it's just you know, and I said, look, I, I hate to tell you this, but you 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 your dry, your husband can't drive a truck for a year. He's going to have to go get a job. You're going to have to let this truck go. You know. I mean, I hate to say, I hate to say that, but that's the that's the only solution I see here. You know. Um. So anyway. Till next time. Yeah. Well, don't do, uh, don't do stupid stuff, okay? Don't buy stupid stuff. Don't buy stuff you can't afford. Save your make make your listen. If you're not making a ton of money right now at Landstar, you know, you got to ask why. Yeah, I mean, there, there's people that should be making clearing like profit two hundred grand, two hundred grand. grand, exactly. Right now, I'm talking about general drive and freight. Not doing double drop deck, RG, and all that kind of. And I'm talking about regular freight. You know. Yep. And if you're not and you want to learn how, hey, it's call up. It up. We'll show you. Now, you got to listen. We've had some call, <laughs> but you know what they want? They want to make what we make, but they don't want to change what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't drive up in the east. So I don't know. No, no. I don't like going to Pennsylvania. I don't. Yeah, I don't like driving in Pennsylvania. Or, you know, look. <laughs> you, you can't do what you always done and expect different results. We all know what that means, right? So if you want, if you want us to help you, we'll help you. But by all means, you've got to be coachable and you got to listen and you got to do what we. Do if you want to get what we've got. And I'm telling you right now, we're busting it. That's why we haven't got time to do this podcast. <laughs> we're too busy making money. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I have to do, I have to take a wheelbarrow to the bank every day. You know, it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's a lot of work. I have to get dressed. I got to go get in the damn car and drive to the bank. I mean, I just, I'm, I, listen, I'm, I need a break. I need a vacation. So. Let me, I'm looking here. Uh, let me grab a couple comments right here before we go. How long, how much should layover pay be if waiting two days? What do you recommend? Well, you take what you can get. I mean, sometimes it's getting blood out of a rock, you know, I, um, access sorrels are stuff you got to fight for layover detention. All negotiable. There's no standard. And if you're at Landstar, you know, it's, it, it, you got to have the agent go to bat for you with the customer, which they may or may not, depending on their relationship with the customer. If there's a broker involved or a three PL, whole different story. And yeah. understand, even if you negotiate it, you don't get paid until the customer literally pays that bill. At this moment, right now, okay, with ten trucks, I have a detention um, uh, outstanding right now since no, since. October of last year and December of last year and February of this year that I have not collected on yet. And the freight bill is still alive. So the customer is billed. Yeah. So it, it, it takes perseverance to get it. Uh, that the, the question you're asking, that's all negotiable. 
you know, um, it, 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 you know, I've gotten $500. I've gotten a hundred dollars for layover. It just depends on how good you are at negotiating, how willing the customer is to play ball, you know, and your relationship with the agent. So, uh, here's another one. Who you guys recommend for insurance at Landstar Gallagher is known to be high. Uh, here, here's the thing. Okay. <clears throat> I use Gallagher because Gallagher will insure anybody. All right. We, with this truck that we're, that we're running for Rocky. All right. When we, when we got that truck from him, he had his insurance through OIDA. I forget what he said he had to pay for us to put a driver in it to drive it from Florida to West Virginia. It was, it was unbelievable. Hundreds of dollars. Okay. So for a trip and basically for a trip and everywhere else you go, the, the, the driving record of the, of the driver is scrutinized. They might not even insure you. You go to Landstar and go to Gallagher. There are no questions asked. Okay. They'll anybody that qualifies with Landstar qualifies. So, I, no, I, I use Gallagher. It's convenient. You know, if, if, if you're talking about Bobtail, it's $33.98 a week, okay? Uh, if the physical damage it depends on the value of your truck. But I don't, you know. I, and we've had two total losses with Gallagher. Two total losses, and I've never had anybody ever question. My rates have never gone up because of that, you know. Um, and when I, you know, I got 10 drivers, I can't. You know, I can't afford to have my insurance canceled because we have a driver that got a ticket, you know. So the yeah. scrutiny is what is what I can't take, you know, because I, I, I don't want to have to shop for insurance every every month when one of the drivers gets a gets a ticket, you know, or has a little fin. We had a, a, a little tiny fender bender. Hell, we got sideswiped by another truck, you know. Yeah. You know, the, another insurance company that would go that would go against me. The windshields were replaced. We must replace ten windshields a year, probably twenty, and th- that literally is a claim, just like an accident with an insurance company. Okay, so never, never has anything ever been said as long as I've been at Landstar with Gallagher. So I don't, you know. Now, pick your battles. That's not one. There's some work involved. You know, Larry's had to get Mr. $400 an hour involved, you know, to, uh, uh, to get what's owed, you know, I mean, he fought and fought and fought to get, well, that, that wasn't so much gallery as is, is, is the, 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 the trucking industry has a stupid insurance practice of stated value, stated value insurance is what it's called. Right. And that's, that allows you to state the value that you want to pay to insure your vehicle until there's a claim and then it's market value and it's up to you to justify the difference. So yes, I've had to do that a couple of times because, you know, our, my 2007 Columbia with a Mercedes engine with 1.8 million miles on it, when it got totaled was not the same as four or five other comps that you pick out off truck paper, you know, and you have to be able to document that and prove it and go to bat for it. And I, Went as far as I could go, then I had to get the tiger by the tail and get my four hundred dollar an hour attorney involved. So, but I got a check, okay. Yeah. So, um, but you know that's that's not Gallagher. That's just this stupid trucking insurance deal. You know, yeah. where where else do you go and you can pay whatever you want to to insure your car, 
and pick your own payment. Pick, basically pick your payment. And then when you have a wreck, they're only going to pay you what it's worth. That's <laughs> just crazy. Yeah. Uh, a couple more. Does Landstar do car hauling? No. No. Uh, do you coach lane owner operators outside of Landstar? Yes. yes. Um, yes. go to the, uh, we can't dispatch you, but we can right. coach you. Okay. So, uh, go to, go to blue ribbon logistics.com slash mentoring opportunity. That's where you fill out the form. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> but you can go there and uh you can come to our, we're having a live event late july we talked about that earlier yeah um we'll, we'll get some more information about that out as we get it together but yeah, yeah. we can coach you outside of landstar it's just not going to be landstar specific but accounting practices business practices maintenance uh controlling costs yeah raising revenue lowering costs all that stuff proving your fuel mileage everything to help you stay in business yes it's yeah. universal the only thing about Landstar is we can also teach you how to navigate the Landstar system, you know. Yeah. But uh, last one here. The market is off the hook right now. Get it while the getting is good. You got that right. Or preach because you got that it's right. Gonna, it's going to come down, you know. If you're, not, if you're not banking right now and you're not investing right now. Shoot, I, I even bought Landstar stock last week. Yeah. I did. I'm now a Landstar stockholder. Look at me. Yeah, but now get you some crypto. You I know. got it. I got it. Well, I'm I'm actually looking at that a little bit. So, um, but anyway, you just, now's the time to put to chuck the money away because you know it's um it's easy to make right now. Yeah, the storm is coming. I said this easiest business I've ever been in. You know, and it's even easier right now. Yeah, absolutely is. All right, y'all, we're going to shut her down here. Uh, I would love to say I promise we, we won't wait six weeks, but, you know. Uh, we probably won't. We'll be pretty excited after having this new driver started. And and uh, and we got it. we've got to tell everybody about this um, live event anyway. we got we got to get that nailed down in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Because we want to give people a month's notice anyway. So Yeah. It'll be the last couple of weeks in July for sure on a Saturday and Sunday. Somewhere in Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky. Yeah, something like that. We'll be on a major interstate, you know, and there'll be a truck stop right next door. That's how, that's our criteria. So, yeah. All right, that's it. We'll see y'all next time. Good night, everybody.